This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's, it's, it's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the stinking truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey guys, welcome into the Stink Truth Podcast. I'm me, I'm in the United Club in Orlando, Florida. Mike is back in studio. Just got done calling the uh, the Texans and the Saints game. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the leftovers. But Mike, how are you, buddy? How was your weekend? That was great. It was great. And now that you're in the state of Florida, I suppose you could uh, swing by Miami and you could pop the celebration corks with the uh, rest of the 72 Dolphins since there are no more undefeated teams. I know. How about it? San Francisco and Philadelphia go down. Where do you want to start? What was more surprising? I guess probably, well, I don't know. Which one was more surprising? Uh, No, I think probably Philadelphia for me was a little bit more surprising. Not that I don't think the Jets are a good team from the standpoint of how great they are on the defensive side of the ball. And they are just uh, absolutely thunder punching people right in the throats. And when you start to look at what they're able to do, the way they're able to cheat zones, the way they're able to fly around, um, it reminds me a lot of when Robert Sala had the San Francisco 49ers as his uh, defense. He was the defensive coordinator. The way they can get you know, an extra three, four, five yards of depth in any zone and still trigger and make tackles and basically stop people that look like you're going to get a six, seven yard gain on maybe a shallow cross. All of a sudden it's a three yard gain and you're still kind of quote unquote behind the chain. So their ability to do that, their ability to, um, you know, to break on balls, to understand kind of what they're trying to accomplish because they're pretty simple. You know, when you look at them um, and this is kind of a, a Robert Sala, you know, that kind of genre of defense. If you look at those guys, those coordinators, their whole thing is, hey, man, let's limit our menu a little bit. Let's make sure that we're playing fast. Let's make sure that we know what we're doing. And the bottom line is we go, you know, we go uh, global gym on you. We're better than you and we know it. And so they look at it from an execution standpoint. We're just going to out execute you. You can know what we're doing doesn't really matter we're going to be better at you or better than you um executing our stuff and it, and it's funny because it's always the teams that i was a part of um over the course of my career whether i played in washington or whether i played in uh in denver we were always like this is what we do this is our identity yeah we'll window dress it and we'll show you some things that maybe you haven't seen from a formation standpoint or a personnel grouping standpoint but we're going to run the same six plays that we always run and we're just going to be better at you than, than executing those than, than you are at defending them. And, you know, one of the cool things about that, Mike, I think from a player's perspective, one, it's, you know, the old keep it simple, stupid thing. And um, as a matter of fact, you know what? I used this on my open this week, and you're going to like this. 
There's an old Neil McCoy song, and I use this on our radio show all the time, Small Up and Simple Down. And so I mentioned, hey, man, you know, this is what the Saints are doing. They're going to small up and simple down. And the guy who wrote that song emailed me. So Neil McCoy sang it. And it was a it was a million, you know, a million. It was a platinum album, a platinum song. And so, you know, they won awards for that uh, platinum this platinum song or whatever it is hanging up in his office. And so he the guy who wrote it just emailed me today. And uh, so I got this really cool email from this guy. I go, hey, man, I was watching your game. And so I've, he goes, I've reached out to Neil McCoy. I've reached out to his producer. You know, I've reached out to his uh, all this stuff. But it was a really cool kind of a really cool moment uh, for me, just kind of throwing something out there. You know, you know me, I'm not thinking about anything. It just kind of comes to me and I say it. So um, a really cool thing. But getting back to the kind of principle of what Robert Saul has been able to do is they just sit back and say, man, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is our identity. And, and we just feel like we're going to be out, able to out execute you. And the thing that's, the thing that's great about that, um, you know, for a guy like me, that's not real bright, but for, for any of us that are players, you know, we're all PE majors. So, um, you know, the whole keep it simple, stupid process, but there's nothing you haven't seen. So, you know, if you just, if you just stick to, a core thing, a core group of things that you do, and you know you're going to do them come hell or high water. Um, there's not a look that you haven't seen that you haven't practiced that against. And it's kind of that 10,000 rule, 10,000 hour rule thing, right? I do it all the time. We do it all. I know every step. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And then here's the other cool thing about that. When you get into one of these critical fourth down situations, Dude, that footwork has been something you've worked on a million times. The hand placement, the hat placement. And if they shift, you've seen it a million, you've seen it a million times. You've seen everybody try to defend you that way, or everybody tried to attack you on, you know, conversely on the defensive side of the ball that way. And when you watch the Jets, I man, they created three turnovers over Jalen Hurts or off of Jalen Hurts. Um, they were just they were swarming and they got that turnover at the very end of the game they created the opportunity for the Jets to score and uh, and win that football game. So um, I was surprised because, listen, ever since, and I think this is key, ever since. <laughs> I know where you're going. Donna, ever since that Donna Kelsey came to that Jets game, ever since she was there, our guy Zach Wilson has really played a lot better. That Donna Kelsey has magic, you know what. She is uh, – she's got – she's a uh, – you know, it's like old Cliff Richards song. She's just a devil woman. And uh, she has got uh, Zach Wilson under a spell. I'm so just, I just since, am saying. Ever since seeing Donna Kelsey, he, uh, Zach Wilson has outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Broncos on the road. Yes. And outplays Jalen Hurts and beats the undefeated Eagles. So now do we look at the Jets a little differently? Uh, maybe we don't write them off. And not only the, the way they're playing with Zach Wilson, but maybe even with the news that, Aaron Rodgers was out there before the game throwing passes. Did, did you okay. see him? Did you see him? He looked good. Dude, he looked – I mean, he's not – you know, obviously, it's very ginger. Um, But, my – like, you all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. You know, yeah. Zach Wilson, hold down the four. We're going to be all right. Although, th- then it comes another dilemma. I know it's Aaron Rodgers, but if you get all the way to the playoffs with Zach Wilson, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> here comes – you know, on the steed, here comes, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, riding in on the steed. Woohoo, I'm Eric Rogers. Um, 
I guess you still make it because he's Aaron freaking Rodgers. So never mind. That was a stupid, that stupid thought. You you wouldn't say, hey, Zach, you or hey, Aaron, you can back up Zach. He's really playing well. <laughs> well, I, so, Tom Brady was a youngster who not very true. many people knew about. And Drew Bledsoe was the established quarterback. And we know what mm-hmm. happened there. Was, was Philadelphia exposed in, in any way in this loss? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, there's very few teams that can do what the jets can do to an offense, uh, defensively. Um, so there's not, that's, there's not that many that have all three levels covered, you know, with sauce Gardner and, um, and Quinn and Williams and, and, you know, all the different, all the different, uh, guys that have at all three levels of their defense. So, I mean, they are exceptionally, um, talented CJ Mosley's and, like they are really, really good, and like I said, a speed and athleticism, and it's and it's interesting when you watch them. They remind me so much of San Francisco, even going back even to today, but even going back a few years when San Francisco really came onto the scene with Robert Sala. Um, the speed and athleticism, especially the way they played their linebackers, um, that that underneath coverage, they were just so damn good, and the Jets just kind of remind me of that. Uh, they're they're a legit football team, and their offensive line. They're running the ball with Brees Hall. Offensive line's getting better. Um, they're an intriguing football team, no question about it. So I guess we need to pump the brakes on the Brock Purdy MVP train that mm. got derailed this weekend. Twelve of twenty-seven for one hundred twenty-five yards, one touchdown, one interception, in the loss in the rain to Cleveland. Yeah, I don't. I mean. You know, I don't know that there's anybody that's going to be clear cut right off the bat. Maybe Christian McCaffrey. This would be a great. This would be great for me to get because Christian was great again. But this would be great for me to uh, to have a guy that's not a quarterback. Maybe Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill. Every that dude's a freak show. Uh, Mostert, the way he ran the ball the other day for Miami. Um, so there's some other guys. Maybe Jared Goff creeps in there. Jared Goff has another big day. So. I just like the fact that there are some other names and especially other names that play uh, play positions other than quarterback that at least we're talking about right now. So um, I, I think, you you know, you just can't one game uh, against a really good defense in the rain. You can't just take Brock Purdy off the chart. But I think it does open things up for other guys, which I think is awesome. These Dolphins, they just shook off a 14-0 deficit. No problem whatsoever. Went on, blew out Carolina 42-21. And, Mark, we've, we've had a chance to see some really good offenses. We saw the Peyton Manning offense here in Denver, mm-hmm. uh, the, the 2007 uh, Patriots juggernaut with uh, Brady and Randy Moss. But this Dolphins team is on pace right now to shatter and to set the all-time scoring record in the NFL. Yeah. I wouldn't and, put and it past them. I, I think they'll do it. I mean, I just think Tua's playing great right now. I just think the overall, like you look at it, you know, the pick your poison aspect of what the Dolphins are. They are so fast and they are so talented, you know, with Waddle and with Tyreek Hill. And they are so good, you know, at the running back position, the speed. Most are like most are can flat out run. Um, So they've got all kinds of dudes that can flat run. And I think a lot of what you're seeing is teams are going, okay. You know, we're gonna have to keep a we're gonna have to keep a lid on this thing and we're gonna have to play deeper than we normally would play. And we're gonna try to have to defend, and everybody says it, we're gonna have to defend that the running game with a light box. Well, from a schematic standpoint, the way they run the ball, 
you're just not going to do it. Like Mike McDaniels is so good at understanding the run game. He's going to put his team in a position to have, you know, opportunities. And ultimately, Trey, you're, or excuse me, Mike, you're so worried about, you're so worried about getting beat over the top with, uh, with, that you basically say, okay, you know, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. We'd rather, you know, we'd rather than get our whole head sliced off by one big, you know, <laughs> sword. We'll just, you know, we'll just die by a thousand paper cuts. And Miami goes, okay, we're, we're happy to oblige. And then all of a sudden you get down there and you decide, okay, now, you know, we're going to, we're going to roll a safety in there. We're going to get one-on-one on the edge. And this time, you know, Tyreek Bruce runs by you like you're standing still. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, what they're doing um, and, and, you know, I think we put so much of it on speed and rightfully so, but there is a lot that goes in from a game planning standpoint that they're really good at. Um, they're really good at creating opportunities in the run game. And you saw it go all the way back to when they hung 70 on Denver and the, the menu of what they were running from wide zone to the pin and pull stuff to the gap stuff, like everything they did you know, really played off of one another. And sometimes you, you don't get, like, you don't establish one thing, so it, there's no counter to it. So, for instance, if you're running tight zone, the backside of tight zone, the backside of tight zone, the tight backs, and you're a defensive tackle and you're fighting through and you're fighting through and you're fighting through, and all of a sudden we ran, look, we run the exact same thing. It looks exactly the same, except we're now it's a double team. And so the whole footwork and everything looks the same as the backside of tight zone, and now, bam, we double team you, and we roll you over the top, and now we're running power the opposite way. And we get you to play one thing. You know, we get you to play the scheme, and you play the scheme, and then we get you. And I think that's what Mike McDaniels probably does as well as anybody. You mentioned Detroit and Jared Goff as a possible MVP candidate. Uh, you know, not a bad game, uh, of course, the other day. Uh, 30 of 44, 353 yards, two touchdowns in a 20 to 6 win over over Tampa. I, I think we we look for signs that Detroit's legit. And is this one of those wins where you come away feeling like, hey, maybe they are. You go on the road, Tampa, whatever you want to say about Tampa, they've been playing better this year than expected with Baker Mayfield. Defensively, at home, they're still pretty stout. And for the Lions to go down there kind of a workmanlike fashion to get that win like that, I, I think that shows something, doesn't it? Yeah. Now they're sitting at five and one. Um, and and you know, I mean, you look at the Lions right now defensively they have they had a couple of they had a couple of things that uh, early that that bothered them they weren't getting great pressure remember they lost a game i think it was to seattle where they gave up a, uh, just a ton of big plays and things of that nature and then you know they've really tightened the screws down they've been able to get to the quarterback they've been able to sack, sack the opponent's quarterback but i will i'll tell you this on the road in tampa in that swamp and you know coming from detroit and all that kind of stuff uh, that's a tough place to play. And let me just say that you look at Tampa with Todd Bowles, the pressure that Todd Bowles, the head coach, but he's also the play caller, bring um, on opponents from a blitz standpoint. Um, the guy was a former teammate or is a teammate of mine in Washington. And we always knew Todd Bowles was going to be a head coach. I mean, we always knew he was like he was in charge, like he was in charge of our defense super smart so he does a great job of setting up his blitzes on attacking protections really understanding what you're trying to do and then ultimately man they have speed and they have athleticism and they have you know it's the speed and athleticism mixed with the scheme 
Um, they do a phenomenal job, and they've been in that scheme for a while, and they've got some really good players. So you go in and beat a Tampa team, and uh, you hold them to six points, and um, you do that, you know, put that kind of numbers up on their defense, that's big time, man. That's a big time win. I don't care what anybody says. Going into Tampa, they're sitting at three and two right now. Going into Tampa and winning the game, um, that's you're going to earn that. And so I'll give Detroit the, you know, the tip of the cap. Like they're legit. They're clearly the best team uh, in the NFC North without question. Uh, they're going to run away with that division. But they are right there when you start to look at San Fran, when you start to look at, you know, Philadelphia. And the one thing, because Dan Campbell, I love, and I say this lovingly, because Dan's such a meathead. Um, but he's like, Dan's dumb like a fox. Like Dan is a really smart football guy. He just plays the role of meathead. It's like Gronkowski. Yeah. Gronkowski's a really smart dude. He just likes to play the role of meathead and he plays it exceptionally well. That's, that's Dan Campbell. He just plays that role really well. And, um, and Detroit, they're, they're, they're one of the top four or five teams in the league right now. So based on what I saw, I think the Giants deserved another untimed down. Looked, like, looked to me like Darren Waller was held in the uh, end zone on that final play. What would you see? Yeah, I, you know, I agree with you. But uh, I tell you, how many plays do you get at the end of the first half and the end of the, and, and the, end of the fourth quarter before, you know, you just got to wave the white flag and say, hey, listen, man, um, you guys got to take advantage of things. You can't play stupid. You can't do the things that they did. Um, and win a football game. So uh, that, you know, the Giants just continues on. And, um, and you know, I will say this, though. I think everybody thought that Buffalo was just going to oh, come yeah. in there and blow them away. Two touchdown uh, favorite. Yeah, and it does show you kind of, it does show you just the, the way the NFL operates. You know, no more, like every time you think you've got this league figured out, it just goes to show you it's such a week-to-week league in the way they operate and the way teams play. And so um, you got to tip the cap to the Giants because they came out and they played their butts off. Now, they didn't win it. Um, they got they got beat by a better team. But, uh, yeah, it did look like a little bit of a hold there in the uh, back of the end zone. Did it not? Well, such is life. I, I don't ever worry about that. Hey, don't let it come back or don't ever let it come down to stupid officiating, right? Don't let those guys True. beat you. True. Do we take anything away from a, a week in the NFL that saw scores like 19 to 8, 17 to 13, 19 to 13, 19 to 17, uh, 14 to 9, the game that we yeah. just mentioned, 21 17, a lot of low, a lot of low scoring games. Any any theories on that? Uh, I don't know that I, I, you know, I don't know that I have that many theories on it other than. Every time I look up, you watch you you watch teams, um, and it's interesting. And, I, and I'll go back to kind of what we started this podcast talking about, just keeping it simple. Mm. You see operational issues. You know, we always laugh about, oh, it's a terrible operation, and what was Sean Payton thinking, or what was this guy thinking? You see it from the standpoint of we run so many different personnel groups out there. So many different plays out there. So many guys are like, hey, man, on this one, you're going to motion. You're going to go from the F to the Z. And you're going to, go, you know, and there's so much out there because it's become so we got a motion on every play. We got a shift on every play. We got it. So if you're even off three or four seconds getting a play in and then the quarterback gets in, and he's not sure about the, the you know, the, the personnel group. And he looks on it like three, four seconds here, two or three seconds here, another three seconds here. 
the next thing you know, you can't get the ball snapped. Now you're calling a timeout. Or so I think we have become so specialized in many situations um, that that operation slows down a little bit and creates some mistakes that I think the 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 simpler you are oftentimes, the better off you're gonna be. But we, you know, instead of just going out and physically whipping people, we try to trick people. And um and I think that could be, you know, that could be part of what's happening. But it it is it's interesting. The other thing is, you know, we always talk about offenses and defenses and how defenses eventually catch up and then the offense goes back through another cycle. Maybe we're in one of those cycles where defensively you're starting to catch up a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what the what the answer is next week. Everybody will score 45. Who knows? And you'll probably quote lyrics from another song and somebody right. will reach out to you because that's how your life tends to work. Exactly how my life works. <laughs> or 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 maybe or maybe it's just that we're tainted by watching so much Broncos football. Maybe that's why. Good point. We don't yeah, maybe Good we just point. are like why doesn't anybody ever score? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was strange to see so many other teams struggle to score because right. I thought we had yeah. the the patent on that. Right. Did we get did we give our game plan? Did Sean Payton give our Kansas City <laughs> game plan to everybody in the league? I mean, it was awful. Here you go. Yeah. Here's how to score eight points. Yeah, there you go. So anyhow. But what are you gonna do? Such is life, right? Um, that's the way it goes sometimes. But uh, by the way, um, and we'll discuss this later on the week, but the moneymaker picks. Oh, yeah. How'd they um, go? Two and one for you, two and one for me. All right. You you should have been one and two, except you got a backdoor cover by the safety by the Raiders. Hey, when in doubt, you can trust Max Crosby and that Patriot offensive line to get me the cover. <laughs> God. Yeah, I was, uh, you know what? I was just going to straight yep, to the top. Nope, nope, nope. Draw. We got to draw this week. All right, we got to draw. Hey, listen, for everybody involved in the Stink Truth Podcast, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Make sure you check us out. Uh, check us out uh, later on for uh, also the uh, the leftovers for my game in Houston. i uh, tell you what, the Houston Texans, they're an exciting football team. We'll tell you all about it later on. But for everybody involved in the Stink Truth Podcast, thank you so much. We'll talk to you later.